We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Hello, this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark coming to you from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And this is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski coming to you uh, from an equally beautiful uh, my office in the upstairs of my house in New Athens, Illinois. And together we are wrestling, wrestling with, with the basics. The basics. Uh, Matt, I, I've got some really exciting news there, you know, because I'm kind of the fashion, uh, I don't know what you call it, the guru or whatever. You know, I'm on I'm on to all the latest fashion trends. The, the Tic Tac kids, they're constantly bugging me about what's what's what should we be wearing? <laughs> Are your kids on Tic Tac, Matt? The Tic Tac? Yeah. Isn't that what it is? Tic Tac? I think it's I the the... John. I think it's Tic Tac. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. I get that so confused. <laughs> But anyway, you are on the cutting edge, aren't you? I am. So this came across my desk the other day. Cheddar colored cargo pants that that they have pockets that are lined. They're they're insulated pockets, so you can carry three pounds of cheese with you wherever you go. And so these this are, are go ahead. They're intentionally marketed as cheese pants. Is that they what you're are, saying, John? Well, Tillamook. Tillamook. I don't know if you're familiar with Tillamook. It's a, oh, yeah. Heard it's of a it, cheese. Yeah. yeah pretty, sure. pretty decent cheese. And so, yes, someone somewhere in their corporate office said, hey, you know what? What's the one thing that keeps people from taking cheese with them? They don't have pants <laughs> <laughs> to put the cheese in. Cheese on the go. So <laughs> get, right. order, order now. So for your summer vacations down in Orlando, Florida, Disney World, <laughs> you can carry your cheese in your cheese pants. Well, yeah, because you know, if you got if you put it in your regular pants, it'll melt. But these have the insulated pockets <laughs> to keep it fresh. This is, by the way, legitimate. You can check it out on Google if you want them. I'm sure they'll sell them to you. Uh, and you know the thing I was thinking about. The one thing that would be better. I think you can figure this out. What would be better than cheese pants, Matt? Well, be- I think we all know, John, bacon yep. pants. Bacon pants. Bacon pants. <laughs> so, Hormel, if you're listening out there, Hormel, let's get on that, all right? <laughs> and I think three pounds would be enough, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it depends. You have to share, or is it just for you? That's true. Maybe we need to have the options, the large and extra large bacon pants or something. Right. <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. I would love to see what the analytics are on your uh, computer, John. What 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 ads are being targeted for you <laughs> by <fine>. companies? <laughs> Cheese pants, cream of bacon soup. <laughs> well, you know, don't ever say you never you, you didn't learn anything on wrestling with the basics. <laughs> much I, am, say. I am just sad that it's a radio program program and not on television because <laughs> we right. would love to see you sporting a pair of cheese pants. Oh man, wouldn't that have been cool, man, if I had my cheese pants on and my bacon shirt. <laughs> so, all right, we really need to do something more substantial than that. Uh, and I think you do. You, you said you had something really, really interesting you wanted to share with us. 
Jesus. Well, uh, I sure think so. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Josh. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be looking at Luke chapter 5. So if you're, if you're home and you want to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, go right ahead. Um, so we're going to look at Luke chapter 5, and this is an account where uh, Jesus well, performs a miracle uh, with this catch of fish, but then also he calls Simon and others, too, to service, to follow him. Uh, to be what's called fishers of men. So we'll unpack that, and what in the world does that even mean? Um, so yeah, Luke chapter 5. So why don't, yeah, why don't we go ahead and just jump right in, John, if okay. that's all right, unless you had something to say. I, I just wanted to say, that people, if you're listening to us, you'll probably be hearing a lot about Luke this year, because this is the year of Luke, after all. So uh, the church as a whole is kind of focusing in on that particular gospel. How far would you like me to read, Matt? Yeah, so let's read Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Okay. Set the scene here. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Uh, Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down, Jesus that is, and taught the people from the boat. Gennesaret, Matt, before, I know you got stuff. Do you know what that is? Is that just the Sea of Galilee or what? Yep, another name for the Sea of Galilee. Okay. Yep, exactly. So the, the Sea of Galilee, Lake Gennesaret, uh, whatever you want to call it, freshwater body of water, uh, 13 by 8 miles in size. So, I mean, this oh, is a substantial good, body good of water. Lake. Yeah, it really is. And this, um, this and, is the one they're constantly having trouble with storms on, too, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Okay. As they, they, you know, Jesus, I don't know how many times, is crossing the, the, the Sea of Galilee, crossing Lake Gennesaret from one side to the next. Uh, and then the shoreline here uh, is a hill that slopes down to the lake. And so you kind of see it's almost like a, a natural amphitheater. Uh, so when Jesus preaches, teaches from the boat, it kind of makes sense. People are, are there on the shore. Uh, Jesus is a little ways out, and he teaches the people. And it's kind of a, you know, the, the natural amphitheater, like I said, kind of stadium seating so that they could hear Jesus preach and teach. So that's that's kind of a neat image. And and, and preaching from a boat, that's that's kind of cool, too. Yeah. Um, so that's that's how the scene starts out. And then there's yeah, fishermen yeah. there, fishermen. You know what, what's cool about that? And I didn't really, my people often would put me out on a boat on the Kaskaskia. Is that right, John? <laughs> yeah, but but then they didn't stick around. They didn't they just, stick around. <laughs> and they didn't give me any oars or anything. They just put me out on a boat, and I would just kind of go down river. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. Just re- reminiscing, retired now. I'm reminiscing of of other days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Thanks. <laughs> so the, the the fishermen here are. Um, We'll see. It's it's Simon and his brother Andrew, and then two other brothers, right? Uh, James yeah. and John. So it looks like they're they're sort of partners here in business together. It appears uh, fishermen at the time, pretty pretty lucrative business. Uh, they would make an income that was a, maybe a little above average what other people made. So uh, they're, they're doing pretty well for themselves. It seems they even <clears throat> have multiple boats, as we see, uh, more than one boat. Um, so that's that's the scene here as as we hear about what takes place next. So if you want to keep on reading, John, verses uh, four, uh, let's see. Let's do, uh, yeah, verses four and five. Okay. And, and when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. 
<laughs> okay. So it gives you a little insight into what happens the night before, right? Even yeah. before Jesus yeah. is preaching. They were up all night, it seems, out fishing on the Sea of Galilee. But that's and when you fish, Matt. You fish well, yeah. at nighttime. That's when you exactly. catch fish. You don't catch fish during the day. My, so, my, yeah. my brother-in-law's wanted to show me how impressive the fishing was in Minnesota. And I had to get up before the sun comes up <laughs> to go fishing. We caught, by the way, one, one little sunny. That's what we got for our four or five hours out. So I, I understand what Peter's going through here. Yeah, exactly. And I, I know how much of a morning person you are, John. Yeah, so, that's right. <laughs> so how did you feel after you caught that one little fish after getting up at the crack of dawn? I was ready to go home and take a nap. That's what I wanted to do. So Peter, Peter didn't even catch one little fish. It yeah. seems. He caught nothing. Uh, so Peter, he's ready to go home and take a nap. <laughs> he is frustrated. <laughs> he is. He's probably just dog tired after all that. Well, yeah. Because, yeah. Like you said, on the Sea of Galilee, if you're fishing at night, surely you're going to catch something. That's how it works. He's a fisherman. He knows that. But that night in particular, they caught nothing. Oh boy. You know that, and that's, if you're a hobby fisherman, just having fun with, you know, a relative like you were and going out uh, on the lake, that's one thing that's frustrating enough. But I mean, if this is your livelihood, if this is how you put food on the table and how you provide for your family, I mean, to catch nothing after all night, I mean, that, that could be devastating. It's a big deal. No, that's a good thought, Matt. So he's he's emotionally and physically tired, physically just from the, the work effort, and, and then also emotionally, because like you say, this is their living. And I would suspect that they probably are living pretty much day to day. Uh, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like they got a lot of money sitting in the bank. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're depending on that income and there's other people that are depending upon them. So, I mean, if there's no fresh fish, they're not going to have fish yeah. to eat either. So there's, you can just, yeah, the emotional strain the, the physical exhaustion, all those things uh, on Simon's shoulders. And then to that, uh, Jesus says, what? Put out your net of the deep and let down your nets for a catch. All right, cast your net, let down your net for a catch. And, you know, Jesus' request defies logic. He, he's been out there all night. It's the same waters. Um, Jesus, of course, you know, he's, he's more of a carpenter probably than a fisherman, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what, is, what does Jesus know about fishing? Sure, he can preach a good sermon, but um, what does he know about fishing, right? So Peter really does object. Simon Peter objects, and he says, Master, we've toiled all night. We've caught nothing. And you'll wonder <laughs> if, if you could hear the frustration and the weariness in his voice. Uh, but then he says, I love this next line, but, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And if you wonder if that, what tone he said that with, was it this faith-filled tone and pious tone, or was it more just, okay, at your word, we'll put down the nets, uh, you know, you, you'll wonder. But regardless, uh, Simon, in the end, obeys the Lord's word, and he goes out again. So, so, so two things about that, Matt. First of all, we need to remember that it's not just that he's asked them to go fishing when, when he knows that there's no fish to catch, because you know Simon is a fisherman. But also remember, they were they were washing their nets ready to go home. <laughs> Who knows? Not three four hours ago, when <laughs> right. Jesus said, "Hey, can I borrow your boat for a while?" <laughs> and, and and you think that you get upset when the pastor's sermon goes over twenty minutes? <laughs> all right. <laughs> Yeah, and I, and I think you're absolutely right. I, I, I think we'll see from the rest of the story. No, I, I don't think this was an enthusiastic. All right, Jesus, we'll throw the nets in there. But I think you're right. It was kind of like, okay, all right, as as we often do, don't we? Oh yeah. Oh, oh my lord, I guess this is what I gotta do. So, yep. 
So uh, begrudgingly, maybe against his better judgment. Ooh, that's the word, begrudging. Yes. Begrudgingly, Simon goes out. He goes out. So let's read about that. So let's pick up there with verse 6 and do verses 6 and 7. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Yeah, so so Jesus, of course, true to his word, right? No surprise. Uh, but yet, Simon and his fishing partners, they are surprised. They're astonished, we hear. Oh, uh, no. So many fish that the nets begin to break, the boats begin to sink. Uh, this is a whopper of a fish story. They will remember <laughs> this the rest of their careers, um, the rest of their lives. Uh, and so what what is what I think is interesting then is what does Simon do? What is his response to this great catch of fish as an experienced fisherman that knows this is not normal. <laughs> this does not happen no matter when you go fishing. Uh, what is his response? So we see that in verses uh, eight. Uh, let's go ahead and read eight through the rest of the account, John. Okay. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Uh, and I think it's interesting, the, the first address was master, which I believe is pretty much a standard teacher kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But to say, O Lord, well, anyway, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when yeah. they had brought their loads to land, they left everything and followed him. Yeah. So yeah, so Simon's response is is one of, of maybe a, a respect for the Lord, a holy fear. I think he recognizes that Jesus is not just some mere man. Once again, this is this is someone special. This is the Lord. Uh, and in the presence of someone who is is holy, really, in the presence of someone who is so mighty, all that Simon can do is just they say, have mercy on me, right? Go, goes, falls at Jesus' knees and even says, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. He recognizes that Jesus is, is the Lord. Peter is not. He recognizes that. He's a sinful man. Depart from me. Depart from me. And I think Jesus' response is so key. Um, what does Jesus say? He doesn't say, well, I told you so, Simon. Or, uh, you know, yeah, you're right. Get out of my sight, Simon. Oh, ye of little faith. Um, no. What does Jesus say? He says, do not be afraid. Isn't that beautiful? Do not be afraid. And then those words, from now on, you'll be catching men, uh, catching people. Um, he commissions Simon, even in the midst of his weakness <laughs> and perhaps doubts, he still uses Simon for his purposes. Uh, and I, I just love that response of Jesus. Yeah, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You'll be catching men. Yeah. I and, and 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 two things here, and I hope I'm not stealing any of your thunder and 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 saying these things, but but it just occurred to me that this whole scenario uh, is is uh, repeated at the end of Jesus' ministry after his resurrection, and I'm thinking it's the same circumstance uh, because of course Peter is quite well aware that he is a sinful man because he denies the Lord of course three times, uh, and yet when the Lord comes to these men on the Sea of Galilee. And they have a great catch of fish. I, I'm wondering if that wasn't in the back of 
Peter's mind, oh, oh, I remember the last time. And what Jesus said to me is, yep. do not be afraid. And that's, I never thought, maybe that's why he jumps off the boat, because he wants to go get see Jesus as soon as he could. Although I suspect before that time, he was probably trying to avoid Jesus, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what's Jesus going to say to me now that I've denied him three times? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, anyway, uh, so I, yeah, I never thought about that direct connection about the fact that Jesus says to Peter and to us when we've done something really stupid, (laughs) (laughs) which is for a guy like me is a great comfort (laughs) because I'm doing stupid stuff all the time. But, but (laughs) Matt, right on the, you hit it right on the head. He doesn't say, well, I told you so, or what did you do or how stupid? No, he says, don't be afraid. Okay. Yeah. And then beautiful, beautiful and neat connection, John, to that post-resurrection uh, appearance too with uh, with Jesus and, and Peter very similar very similar Jesus again restores forgives uh, you know I wanted to touch on what you this this line about catching men yes. you know you could even translate catching men alive even uh, this idea that you know as you catch men as you catch people um you 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 give life you know kind of the opposite of fish when you catch a fish they're they're dead, right? Uh, but in this case, it, it brings life, this catching. So so Martin Luther had a sermon on, on this text, and he, he sort of unpacks what's the meaning behind these things. Uh, and he kind of looks at them in, in terms of, of analogies, I guess you could say. Uh, so I'm just going to sort of summarize what Luther says here. But he says that the sea in this account, we can think of of the world with all of its, its, its worries and waves. Okay, So the sea itself stands for the world. Uh, the fish, the fish, they're there in the sea. Uh, they stand for, for people, people who may be lost, you know, drowning even in the vastness of that sea. Um, the net, the net itself that they cast out, that reminds us of, of the gospel itself, the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, the word of, of what he has done for us and is dying and rising. So that net that's cast out. And then the boat, the boat, Luther suggests, reminds us of, of the church. Uh, the baptized, believing people of God, that these fish are then brought into the church, into that community, um, through through the preaching of the gospel, uh, through the word, through baptism, brought into the boat, brought into the church. So that's the image that Luther uses here. And I think that helps us understand a little better what it means to be a fisher of men. It's to cast that net of the gospel and then bring into the church, into, into community, uh, people, people who were, were unbelieving. And all of this, all of this uh, by the power of God. Uh, the same God who created those fish, the same one who enabled this great catch of fish is the same one who then works through the gospel to create faith and bring people into his church. So I thought that was kind of a neat image there to, to help better understand what Jesus means by fisher of men. And, and 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 so so Pastor Bittner, uh, my pastor, uh, he he referenced those by what a what a beautiful analogy, huh? It's just that just tugs at your heart to think that yeah. that Christ has cast out his net for for you and me and everybody. Everybody listen to us. Uh, uh, but but Bittner pointed out something that I had never realized before that this same word for catching alive is the word that's used for how Rahab and her family were delivered in, in, in the battle of what wasn't it Jericho? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I thought, wow, that, that because again, here's people. Why would God care about she's a prostitute for one thing? 
So why? And plus, she is part of these foreigners, these Gentiles who have been opposing uh, 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 the people of Israel. Uh, so I thought it was kind of neat that that's the other place in the Bible where this catching alive is used for Rahab the harlot and her family. Because, see, that's God's intent. I don't desire the death of the wicked, he keeps telling us. I want them to repent that they might live, that they might be saved. Uh, and so we've got a, a very clear example of that here in, in the text. And, of course, it's a good thing that Rahab got saved, because if she hadn't, uh, she was one of the forerunners of Jesus Christ. So yeah. <laughs> she yeah. would play a role in that, too. What and what a comfort to us, I think, too, that that idea that no one is beyond the the net of the gospel, I guess we could say. Yeah. No one is beyond that. Not Rahab, this prostitute, um, not Simon, who seems a little skeptical to say the least here, uh, and not us. Uh, we're not beyond that. That that's meant for us. And as we go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. No, no. No. And I just, you know, as as we are called to be fishers of men too, as we spread that net of the gospel, no one's beyond that catch in our lives. I think that's a comfort too, that, you know, we have people in our families, um, in our workplaces, you know, that we think, oh my goodness, you know, I wonder if, if the gospel will ever sink into them. Yeah. Is it meant yeah. for them? And yes, it is. Yes, it is. And we just were called it to cast the net to share the gospel, and the rest is in the Lord's hands. But again, no one is beyond that. As you pointed out, he desires that all people be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So, I mean, for our listeners, even if if we personally think we're beyond that, we're beyond the net of the gospel, no, no, that, that the Lord doesn't want us in his boat, uh, no, guess again, he wants Rahab, he wants Simon, he wants you, whoever you are, whatever you've done, uh, it's for you too. And and, and I, I think that business that you said, Matt, too, not, not only for us, but there are people around us, and, and we do worry about them, people maybe we love and care for, but they seem so distant from the Lord. And it just dawned on me that this text reminds us that sometimes it takes a long time before you catch catch the fish. You know, yeah. and sometimes it, it's it, you're worn out, you're exhausted, you're yeah, tired, exactly. maybe to the point where yeah. you think, well, I, what's the use? Why should I even try? You know, another time, uh, I've I've cast the net out and I didn't catch anything, but but no, no. What you do is you just keep casting the net, keep loving them, because it's yeah. all in the Lord's hands. It's it's never That's in it. our hands. Uh, if it's true about catching real fish, it's certainly true about catching men as well. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit who works faith when and where it pleases Him. Exactly, and and you know Simon Peter of all people, directly commissioned by Jesus, and. Um, you know, equipped for this this job as a fisher of men. Sometimes he cast the net of the gospel, and sometimes the catch was really big, right? Yeah. So yeah. day of Pentecost, Peter preaches, and guess what? How many new Christians are there? We're told 3,000. 3,000. Right? 3, That's a big catch, miraculous catch. Guess who was behind that catch? Not Peter. <laughs> God was. Yeah. You know, Peter just simply cast the net of the gospel, shared the word, and God provided but then, like you pointed out, John, sometimes we cast that net of the gospel, and guess what? We come up pretty empty. And I'm, I'm thinking that happened in Peter's life, too. Oh, the yeah. times where he's cast the net, and he ends up in, <laughs> arrested <laughs> or imprisoned. And it seems like especially some of the Jews just have ears that are closed to the, the gospel, and there is no catch at all. And sometimes that happens, too. But whether the catch is big or small or no catch at all, like you said, our job is to just simply cast the net, <laughs> cast the net of the gospel. Um, the catch, that's not up to us, whether big or little. No, that's, that's in God's hands. And hopefully that's a comfort to us too.
Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think, John, of, you know, um, there's other images, too, in God's Word that, that tells us that same message. And maybe we can pick up on a, a couple of those at the beginning of, of the show next time, if you don't mind. Uh, I think you're going to be talking about what happens next episode, you know, when Jesus maybe doesn't heal today, because we hear about all these miracles uh, in the Gospels. Well, what happens today when that doesn't happen? But maybe we could just touch on, well, uh, what happens when we cast the net of the Gospel and no one seems to respond. Uh, what happens? What should be, what, what do we think about that when it's a loved one uh, that maybe just doesn't, uh, boy, just this doesn't respond or seems to have ears that are close to that, that gospel that we've shared? Well, and I can think of at least one example, Matt, you talked about other stories. How about the sower who sows the seed and three quarters of it doesn't do anything? Yeah, exactly, yeah. John. So Jesus uses an ex Jesus is talking about a fisherman here, but yeah, think of a farmer sowing seed. Same deal. Same thing. Exactly. Well, we're glad you've been listening to Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics.